Welcome back to Ask God 365, a weekly podcast where we seek to find biblical answers to life's difficult questions. Today's question is, what is Christian patriotism? Christian patriotism is loyalty to the law and government of the Most High and is the loftiest aspiration that ever can come to any soul. It is also the complete separation of religion, and the state is Christian. Unswerving loyalty to this principle is Christian patriotism. So what is Christian patriotism in itself? Patriotism itself is love of country, and the country of love of which is patriotism is the country of one's birth or of one's adoption by naturalization. Christian patriotism, then being love of country, can be nothing else than the Christian's love of the country of his Christian birth. But the Christian birth is the new birth. It is being born again, which is being born from above. And this above, the place from which the Christian is born, is heaven. Heaven, then, is the Christian's country. And even so says the scripture, If ye be in Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3.29 And to Abraham it was said, Get out of thy country, into the land I will show you. And he obeyed. And henceforth he and all his confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Hebrews 11, 13-16 Patriotism, then, being love of one's country, and the heavenly country being the Christian's country, Christian patriotism is nothing else than love of the heavenly country. True patriotism is the love of one's country above all other countries, so much so that the true patriot willingly lays down his life for his country. Christian patriotism, then, is the love of the heavenly country above all other countries, so much so that the true Christian will willingly lay down his life for that country. True patriotism is the spirit that originating in love of country prompts to obedience to its laws, to the support and defense of its existence, rights, and institutions, and the promotion of its welfare. The Christian's country being only the heavenly country, Christian patriotism is nothing else than the spirit that prompts to obedience to its laws, to the support and defense of its existence, rights, and institutions, and to the promotion of its welfare. The spirit that, as to the Christian, originates in the love of Christian's country is none other than the Holy Spirit, For without being born again, 
there can be no Christian. And there being no Christian, there can be no love of the Christian's country. No Christian patriotism. Being born again is to be born of the Spirit, therefore, without the Holy Spirit's creating the new creature and the new life, there can be no Christian patriotism. Are you a Christian patriot? Do you love the Christian's country above all other countries? Have you the spirit that prompts to obedience to the laws of that country above all other laws, that supports and defends its existence, rights, and institutions above and against those of all other countries? But may not Christian patriotism, this support and defense of the rights and institutions of the Christian's country involve fighting? It not only may, but it certainly does. Read, fight the good fight of faith. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, yet they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. My friend, are you a Christian patriot? Patriotism is not only love of the country of one's birth, but also love of the country of one's naturalization. Christian patriotism, therefore, is not only love of the country of one's Christian birth, but also of one's Christian naturalization. Naturalization is that procedure through which persons born in another country, aliens, foreigners, become citizens of a certain country of their choice. Is there, then, anything in Christian experience that corresponds to naturalization? Is there such a thing as Christian naturalization? Let's look at Ephesians 2.11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Aliens become citizens of a government by naturalization. And when the, in the act of being naturalized, they take the oath of allegiance to the new government, the new sovereign. Here are the specifications. 
copied from a certificate of naturalization. You and I were aliens. We have become naturalized into the commonwealth of Israel, the kingdom of God. And now, what is involved? This is to certify that John Doe, on being admitted to citizenship by this court, took the oath to, oath to support the Constitution of the United States, and that he did absolutely forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty. How much did he have to renounce? All allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever. And how fully and how for how long? Absolutely and forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity. Thus, he is to turn his back absolutely upon all his former allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever. That is in general, and in particular, to the one to whom he is particularly subject, that is, in earthly governments, the way aliens are naturalized. Now, how is it with us who were aliens? Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Not fellow citizens with sinners, but with the saints, Deuteronomy 32, verse 2, and Jude 14, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Thank the Lord. That certificate of naturalization declares that whatsoever the man may be, he, on being admitted to citizenship, did absolutely and forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever, particularly to the sovereignty to which he had formerly been particularly subject. In becoming a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel, a fellow citizen with the saints, did you absolutely and forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince and potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever, and particularly to the one who you were formerly subject, as every alien must do to become a citizen of an earthly government? If not, then you do not count citizenship in the commonwealth of Israel, fellow citizenship with the saints, as much value as any alien must count citizenship in an earthly government. Do you count fellow citizenship with the saints of as much value as an alien counts fellowship citizenship with sinners? In truth and in fact, is citizenship in the commonwealth of Israel, is fellow citizenship with the saints of as much value as is citizenship in an earthly government, as is fellow citizenship with sinners? If citizenship in heaven, if citizenship in the commonwealth of Israel, if fellow citizenship with the saints, if to be of the household of God is indeed as valuable as is citizenship in an earthly government, 
that in order to be truly a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel, just as certainly as to be a citizen of an earthly government, it is required that everyone shall absolutely and forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever, and particularly to the one whom, when an alien, he is subject, which is the prince of this world. And if this is not done, what then? If all allegiance to every prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever, other than that of the commonwealth of Israel, other than that of heaven, other than that of the saints, other than that of the house of old of God, is not absolutely and forever renounced and abjured, then there is certainly attempted a divided allegiance. But will a divided allegiance answer? Will a divided allegiance be accepted? Will any earthly government accept a divided allegiance? If any alien asking to become a citizen of an earthly government should refuse to make renunciation full and complete as it is, if he should ask to have the renunciation divided that he might retain and show fidelity, some fidelity, only a little to some foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereign, would he be accepted? Everybody knows that he would not. And even for a moment, how then can it be supposed that such reserved, such divided allegiance could be accepted in anyone asking to be a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel? It is not enough, however, to inquire whether a divided allegiance will be accepted. The true question is, can there really be anything as a divided allegiance? And the true answer is no, for it is written, no man can serve two masters, Matthew 6.24. It is therefore certain that no alien seeking to be a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel can ever expect to carry with him there any shadow of allegiance to anything in this world or of this world. It is written, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15 Princes, potentates, states, and sovereignties are only of this world To retain allegiance or fidelity to any of these is to retain allegiance and fidelity to the things that are only of this world, and so to the world itself. Christian citizenship is citizenship in heaven, for our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 Another translation reads, For our country, the state to which we belong, of which be by faith our citizens, is in the heavens. Another word-for-word translation gives it, for us, the commonwealth in the heavens exists. Christian citizenship, my friend, is citizenship in the commonwealth of Israel, for we are no more aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, Ephesians 2, 12, 13, 18, and 19. 
Christian patriotism is love of the country of one's citizenship. And true citizenship is the absolute and everlasting renunciation and abjuration of all allegiance and fidelity to every other prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever. Is yours a true Christian citizenship? Are you a Christian patriot? Patriotism is the love of one's country, the country of one's birth, because it is the land of his fathers. Christian patriotism, then, is the love of the country of the Christian's birth because it is the land of his Christian fathers. The country of the Christian's birth is the heavenly country because the Christian is born only from above. The heavenly country, then, is the land of the Christian's father. People are Christians only because they are Christ's people. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3.29 And the country of our father Abraham was a heavenly country only. Abraham was once a Gentile, was of the nations, but he was born again, was born from above. He was once an alien, but he was naturalized into the kingdom of God and became a fellow citizen with the saints. In becoming naturalized into the kingdom of God and on being admitted into the heavenly citizenship, Abraham was required to get out of his country. Genesis 12, verse 1. This requirement he at once accepted, and he then did absolutely and forever renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to every foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty whatsoever. He obeyed and went out, which was enough for him, and so he became the father of all them that believe. Romans 4.11 When God called Abraham out of that country, he also called him into another country, a better, even a heavenly country. Even after that day, Abraham looked to that country, that is, Abraham's country. Wherever he was in this world, he was in a strange country. And in this strange country, he dwelt in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say that such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they'd been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly country. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Hebrews 11, 9-16 We are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. 
as Abraham is the father of all them that believe, and the heavenly country is Abraham's country, then that heavenly country is the Christian's country. As Christian patriotism is love of the Christian's country, the country of the Christian's father, and as that country alone is the Christian's country, is the country of the Christian's fathers, so Christian patriotism is love of the country of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Christ, the heavenly country, the world of the new earth, the country which God gave in faithful promise to our Father. Are you now a true Christian patriot? Is that truly your country? Do you love that country above all other countries that can ever be named or thought thereof? And what a country! The wilderness like Eden, and the desert as the garden of the Lord, with only joy and gladness found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody, Isaiah 51 verse 3, a country where the light of the moon shall be the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days, and even then the moon shall be confounded, and the sun ashamed in the presence of the glorious Lord who reigns in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously, Isaiah 30, 26, 24, verse 23, a country whose capital city is built all of gold and precious stones and pearls and several gates of one pearl, a city that has no need of sun nor the moon to shine in it because the glory of the Lord lightens it and the Lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Revelation 21, 10 through 25. A country in which the inhabitants shall never say, I am sick, for the people that dwell therein shall be forgiven in their iniquity. Isaiah 33, 24. A country where the people shall all be righteous. Isaiah 60, 21 and where the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. For the eyes of the blind are open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, where the lame man shall leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing, where in the wilderness waters break out and streams in the desert, where the ransomed of the Lord shall come to Zion, with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, and where they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35, 1-10 A country so quiet and so secure that the people can dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods, where the people and the very places round about shall be a blessing, and where there shall be showers of blessing. Ezekiel 35, 34, 25, and 26. A country where the very land itself shall rejoice even with joy and singing, where the very joy of mountains and hills shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Isaiah 55, 12 a country in which the tabernacle of God shall be with them, with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, 
and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Revelation 23, 21, excuse me, 3 and 4. A country where we shall ever feel the freshness of the morning and shall ever be far from its close. That, my friend, is the Christian's country. That is the country of our Christian fathers, of Abraham, our father, of Jesus Christ, the last Adam, and so the everlasting father, and of God, the universal father, our father which art in heaven. Christian patriotism is love of that country. Who would not be a Christian patriot? Thank you for being part of the Ask God 365 podcast community. We value you and appreciate greatly the time you're spending with us today. Please share your comments and questions at askgod365.com. Listen, learn, think, grow together. Ask God 365. Answer to life's difficult questions. May God bless you.